How was your night, Jordan? From what I remember, uh, pretty good. Did you get after it last night or what? Yeah, a bit too much. Yeah. The Jaeger bombs were flowing. That's it. That's quite the new saying, eh? getting after it. And you, and that's exactly what you did. I've been using that for a little while now. It didn't really pick up steam for a while. Yeah. Like get af getting after it. Getting yeah. after it. Yeah. It's the new I like thing it. Nowadays, that's yeah. so many different meanings. All the kids are saying it. Getting after it. So talk about, or tell us about how you got after it in London, Ontario. Great place, I should say. We've had a couple nice nights there. Yeah, I used yeah. to uh, live out there for teacher's college. Go yeah. London, Ontario. Nice <laughs> OHL city. A lot of beauties out there, man. Big, big Leaf fans out there. Big Jays fans, too. Had a few, uh, few Let's Go Blue Jays chants. And in the bar? Of, yeah, ton of Let's Go Blue Jays, Go Leafs Go chants. They had a lot of beauties in that bar last night. It was, wow. It was a good time. It's a gritty city, too. Very gritty. It's gritty. Like, yeah. there are different pockets of, of London, but I think for the most part, it's a gritty city. Weird city, though. Like, we're, like, in terms of it structurally, how it's how it's all set up, like you drive in, it looks like you're in, it looks like you're on James and Barton, yeah, in Hamilton, <laughs> yeah. and you know you go more north, and it's you know it's a pretty nice city, especially with the campuses. It takes um, forever to get through. Too, it though. gets it's to, just yeah, so, it's it, so big. Yeah, it's like 55 minutes till I get there, 55 yeah. to an hour, and then 20 minutes to get what like for me yeah. to get to my house when I was at Western, like 20 minutes in the city. The traffic's horrible there. Yeah, in terrible. So, what'd you guys do last night? It's part of the reason why we're having the podcast so late tonight. We have to wait for Jordan to take a little nap today. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty hungover. <laughs> hungover shit today. That's, 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 that's all right. Hey. That's fair, but thanks for pushing it. Hey, it's, you know, you always, anything yeah. to accommodate you, my friend. Anything to accommodate you. You need a good 12-hour 12 uh, hour recovery time after, especially at our age now. It's, oh, things get worse. Think about it. We're still in, our, like, still in our 20s. But think about it even five years ago. You could go out, drink until 6 a.m., and then have like a 30 minute power nap and wheel to work. Yeah, that's not happening. You can, you can make it happen, then get after it again the same night. I probably had, no, we, we had a couple, um, couple drinks here last night. We were playing some games, playing some board games. Yeah. I think I had three or four drinks less because I wanted to be okay for the podcast today. <laughs> And then Jordan, Dedication. And then Jordan messaged me today and he's like, I can't make it. <laughs> and I'm like, you ass. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I went after it hard last night, boys. So, Full send. So uh, <laughs> you went to Seeps. Seeps in life, anyone... Fantastic bar. Yeah, if anyone's been to Western, Seeps is one of the you know one of the big bars out there. They have uh, bingo on Tuesdays, I believe. <laughs> Amazing. That's what I used to do, bingo on Tuesdays. Not bad. I still remember when we came out to visit you in London a little while ago, we... I ended up making like a blackout walk to McDonald's. That like oh, I went to that McDonald's in the morning. Today, actually, there were some frequent visits at that McDonald's. Yeah. like just I actually drove by your student house. Did you really? It's, it's, it's right still hanging up, eh? It's still yeah, it's still living. Hilarious. Should knock on the door and say, "Hey, do you know what stuff is Three six nine Hollywood. At, Hollywood. Is yeah. it Hollywood Street or Hollywood Crescent or something like that? Good good location, especially for out where you know. Where I was going to school, great location. But that McDonald's saw f some frequent visits. Yeah, we made a walk. I don't know, it was like a 10, 15 minute walk, I think I remember. Yeah. Yeah, good time. It's a yeah. greasy McDee's. Yeah. Great. Lineups stuff. at like 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. All the Huge. time. Out the window. And we were willing to wait. You, there have, is, to. you have to. It's McDee's, man. You always got to get McDonald's. Yeah. Always. Yeah, we've hit up a few McDonald's in London. Remember that one we hit? Uh, I can't remember where we were. It would have been. Um, Someone's student house. We went to another McDonald's, but it was same thing. They're just like everyone's going there in London, right? It's just a student city. It's an OHL city. 
Now that I think about it, there's actually isn't a McDonald's down by Mac, which I'm surprised about. The Good closest point. one is yeah. Dundas. Dun, yeah. Uh, or if you go up Dundurn. to, yeah, yeah. Big mistake on their part. Dundurn. Yeah, there aren't, like, there's a Wendy's close by, but I mean, for a student, if you, you know, go to the bar and you just want some McD's, I guess you can do Uber Eats now. That was. Yeah, we didn't yeah. Have that back in the day. No, yeah. we didn't have that, but we had to actually <laughs> walk. We had yeah. to trek. For the how, walk. How yeah. many, you know, how many, how many times did we, you know, after. After going to Hess Village, how many trips did we make up to Montfort's after? There's no Uber oh, Eats. We went right to Montfort's, 3 2 a.m. Still four, serving. I think, too. Eh? Still yeah. are. Not anymore. What, no, Montfort's? Not for James. Montfort's over Jadon? Still are. Yeah, we were there in the summer at like 3, yeah. 3 o'clock or something. Well, we went there the night a couple, like a month ago, and they were closed. Remember that guy was like, hey, we don't, we're not open late anymore? Great, open, I mean, great late night yeah. spot. Incredible. Well, greasy, but I don't know. Greasy swarm, post bar. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can't go wrong. Nothing it's like the best. Nothing like a greasy McDee's and greasy shawarma, you know, to compliment a night out. Was it you sort of segueing to the Leafs who sent me a picture of uh, you knew someone who saw Bernier at McDonald's at like four a.m. Yeah, my cousin. Yeah, my cousin was, <laughs> was in Montreal and he saw Jonathan Bernier at McDonald's so like yeah. late night. The Leafs probably had some McDee's last night. Yeah, they a probably had some McDee's. When they got back to Toronto. They probably yeah. drank as much as I did before that. <laughs> They're probably eating off the Phil Kessel Valley menu. Oh, the yeah. hot dog. Oh, the man. hot dog stand. I love it. So with, you know, great night out, did you catch any of the game? Like, did you see any of the game last I night? I caught maybe five minutes and maybe the last scoreline. No, we actually, you know, you know from uh, living there and going out there, you got to go to the bar at like 4 p.m. If you have any four oh because you want to i'm go. joking i'm being realistic oh, okay we i think we got to the bar around yeah probably seven eight o'clock. at game time we at no bar. tv they didn't have the game on there they had a few they were playing we were focusing more on the ncaa but they, they had the game on sporadically but i wasn't really yeah paying attention i was just getting juiced it's probably better you didn't watch it yeah i saw i, I just you know kept stuff to watch at a bar like that too unless there's TVs are so small in bars like that, and you're focusing yeah, on training. The yeah. only way you can watch it is if you have real sports, and you can't miss the TV. It's just it's yeah, so yeah. big. It's right in front of you. Not a true sports bar, the one you went to <laughs> last night. No. But, hey, you know They're what? They're not known for their sports. You had a better time not watching the game. And I'm not saying they're not in the bad. They didn't play bad. I don't think they played bad last night. They just, I mean, the result wasn't there, and they still lost. I, I just, honestly, bottom line is what four games left. I just don't think they care right now. I think they're... I think they're more focused on getting healthy, getting their systems in check, and just focusing on Boston right now. I don't think they care about how are we going to defend Ottawa. I think they're focusing right now, how can we defend against Boston? It, the little things I look for in the season, right? They got beat 6-2 two weeks ago. But after we did, when, we, when we did our first podcast, yeah. they, they, were, they got beat 6-2, right? Uh, we podcasted right after that game. I thought they were going to come up with a little more jump last night. They did. But... Ultimately, I think the goal was to win last night, right? Last place team in the league. You want to kind of revenge that 6-2 loss? Not getting it done. Those are games, though, where you you should just come out and win. I mean, if you're a playoff team playing against a non-playoff team and an atrocious team like Ottawa, you just got to come out and beat those guys. You got to be yeah. in tune for the playoffs. You know, you can say that, yeah, they're, they're looking ahead to Boston and they're focusing on the playoffs. But, like, the, all of these games are tune-up games leading up. To the playoffs too, you got to come out and just beat these guys. You can't just come out and you know look like shit at this time of the year. Someone at work made a good point though, and they said, okay, the last so the Leafs lost in Ottawa six two. They lose last night, and they said Ottawa fans have had nothing to get up about. Or sorry, not fans, the players all season pretty much. 
finally when the Leafs are there, the crowd is loud, it's packed, it's noisy, everyone's fired up. So the players actually have something to play for. When mm-hmm. Carolina rolls into town, there's 2,000 people in the arena. What are they, what are they getting get amped up about, right? Yeah. So I, I feel like the Leafs being there actually gives some extra momentum to those Ottawa players who finally have something to play for. Yeah. And, and you know, for a lot of the games that we have watched and talked about over the past two weeks, and even a lot of the Leaf games over the past month, I think me and you have sat here, me you and Brian have talked, that they don't care. And we've tried to dissect why don't they care. Because at one point when we talked uh, two weeks ago, after that 6-2 loss, there at the time there was still something to play for, we felt. There was still the home ice to play for. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you don't have that to play for. So... You know, you might care a little less about the games that you play, but why is that? Why doesn't this team care? You should care. Like, don't you want to get in a little bit of a role mm-hmm. going to the playoffs? You can't just switch it on like that, right? And if we take a look at the games this week, Florida was the, I mean, maybe the best game of pond hockey. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd watch seven crazy. five, but that was a game like that was a game where Toronto should have won six one five one. That's what we were looking for. I think we talked about that. Let's let's win a convincing game. Let's not give up too many goals. And it looked good at one point. They were up, what was it? Uh, it was like 7-3. Even 7-3 would have been better than the 7-5 scoreline they had. But they still had to make it interesting, right? They still let him five goals against, which couldn't have been good for Freddie Anderson's confidence. Anyway, they won that game, but like, an ugly win, you right? You don't leave that and like, oh, wow, we dominated that game. That was a huge win for us. Yeah. They have to They have, to have that. Yeah, seven, win 7-1. Seven, just rinse a team out of the arena. And it's tough to find teams with a worse defense than Toronto, but Florida's definitely that team, mm-hmm. right? So it's 7-5 win, but you don't you come away from it not feeling that good. Right? Then you jump to Philly. What did you guys think of the Philly game? It was, what, Thursday night? Or no, Wednesday night. How about that shootout? Oh. Terrible. <laughs> I'm that, not was gonna what, re- that was their first, first shootout yeah. of the year, yeah. and it showed. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, a few people were chirping, like you know, non-Leaf fans are chirping, like, "Well, a, they haven't been to a shootout all season," and b, I'm willing to give them a pass for that. Like you know, some teams go like, by game ten, they were already in seven shootouts. Yeah, you know, well, I think I think Buffalo when they went on that ten game streak, they had like seven or eight shootouts in that streak where they won. So like, yeah, other teams are getting practice. The Leafs are, and I'm sure they practice it at the end of practice sometimes. But bottom line is a shootout loss against Philly. What are you gonna do? Let's give a little love to John Tavares. Four goals yeah. against yeah. the Panthers. It follows Let's, it up with a yeah. stinker. Well, you know, yeah. like you said, I'm not here. I, we'll, we'll get into John Tavares' shootout in just a second. But let's just acknowledge the fact that he has 45 goals, 41 assists, 41 assists 86 points on the year. Wow. Okay. The guy has come over from Long Island and done everything you've asked. More. Everything we've And more. 45 goals. I think if you the beginning of the season, you said... Give JT 30 and 40, 30 goals, 40 assists for 70 points. Everyone would sign off on that and be like, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a successful season. We'll take that. I can't even imagine going into a new team, let alone the biggest hockey market in the world, in Canada, in North America, and you know, having the pressure of an $11, $11 million contract and then actually living up to it. Like, yeah. well, and we don't see free agents sign the way John Tavares signed in yeah. the offseason. We don't see that kind of movement in the NHL anymore. Um, you know, usually it's these big names are moved through trade. We don't see a guy leave a team he's got drafted to and, you know, spent the first seven to nine years of his career with and then move on to a new team. 
but he goes to his new team, which is his childhood team, and performs like this. I mean, I just have a great amount of respect for the guy. There was a he could have had a built-in excuse too. If he went, if he went off for twenty goals and thirty-five assists, let's say, everyone would say, yeah, you know, he's he's adjusting to his new city, adjusting to a new system, new team, new coach. And I think most Leafs fans would would have given him some sort of slack on that. Yeah. But no, he comes out and doubles that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And just incredible. The homecoming game really showed a lot too because he went into, you know, they went into New York and there's a completely hostile environment and you know anyone you know going through that could have just you know turtled and yeah. just completely you know had a mental collapse after that. But you know he he was showed a lot of resilience. I was at and the he game. Came back and he's just lit it up ever since that game. So I was at the game where he had that uh, standing O. I honestly I haven't heard I haven't heard the arena that loud in a long really? time. Yeah, it was incredible. Is it? I I don't think the Leafs have ever recovered from that game in Long Island. Well, they started going. They started slumping because that's when you really start to see slumping. some of the dis- deficiencies in their game. Yeah. I mean, obviously they had the injuries, but they never. That was a game I think Toronto really wanted to win. They came out with a good first mm-hmm. period, and honestly, that game against the Islanders, where it was John Tavares's uh, homecoming, right, where he was getting booed, snakes were thrown at him. I honestly, personally, don't think the Leafs ever recovered from that game because I think that was one they wanted to win. and They couldn't do it. I think they can avenge that tomorrow, though. You go back. Yeah. You go back yeah, to that too. arena. Yeah. Is it is it at the Coliseum tomorrow, or is it uh, in it's, Brooklyn? It's you know we'll we'll double check on that. But yeah. the other, like, it's a big game for Toronto. Like it's you know because they got embarrassed by the Islanders, yeah. and that was a game they really wanted to win for John Tavares, and they didn't do it. They, I mean, they didn't show. They showed up in the first period, but the second and third, they were owned owned by the Islanders, owned by the Islanders. Uh, game tomorrow is in Nassau Coliseum. Nice. nice. So I mean. Like, you know, even if it was in Toronto, you can say it's a redemption game to make up that loss. It, it would be even better if they can, you know, on the second try, on the second yeah. attempt, try to try to win one for JT in in Long Island. Because I honestly don't think they've recovered from that loss since mentally. And I don't know if that says maybe this is a, a mentally weak group. Question though, would you rather the Leafs tomorrow, if you had to choose, win one or two, one or two nothing or two one and get dominated? Or dominate and win like seven nothing. What do you think means more to their confidence moving forward? Being able to hold on to a, like a very slim lead all game despite getting dominated, or dominated again and winning six seven nothing. This is going to sound really bad because obviously, I, not sound bad, but I really want the Leafs to win, right? We all do. You know, we want we want Toronto to win. Every Leaf fan does. I think it's the way they're playing right now, more so than than the result. Obviously, you want them to win tomorrow night. But even if you look at like the game in Philly that they lost five four, they played pretty pretty well. Yeah, they controlled the puck the whole game. You know they got you know they some big guys scored in that game like Connor Brown and uh, and Kadri, some guys that haven't been getting goals. And I see a lot of merit in that. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of merit in Kadri and Connor Brown getting you know getting some goals and William Nylander getting some goals to maybe get their confidence rolling into the playoffs. So I I, I feel like yeah, although I want them to win and, they, and I think they should win tomorrow night to revenge that loss in in New York on the island. I still think there's a lot of important things they have to do in-game, like getting their defense in check, getting organized, um, maybe start getting a little physical. Guys you know, guys breaking out of their slumps, I still think that's important. Um, maybe maybe more important than the result right now because we all, you know, we know who they're facing. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly, at this point, I'm just like, 
Let's just get the. I, I probably feel like the players do. Let's just get the regular season over with. Let's take those four or five days just to you know focus watching game tape, get the the, the players healthy. And let's just get these playoffs underway. Yeah. No, I I agree. I think tomorrow they have to come out and win. I don't think they have to be dominant, but I would be more impressed and happy with, like you said, first and foremost, a, a close game, a playoff sort of atmosphere, you know, shut down. And it will be. 2-1, yeah. 3-2, one goal. Even if it's just a one-goal game and it's high scoring, like come in, show some grit, uh, show some mental toughness. It's going to be another hostile environment. Yeah. Just come out and show show – that you can play playoff hockey. Tomorrow's going to be a great game and a great test for them to sort of get some momentum back and end the season on a positive note. If you can go into if you can go into New York tomorrow in the island and and come up with a big win in that environment, it's going to give them so much confidence ending the season and going into the playoffs, knowing that they're going into a playoff atmosphere. They're a playoff team. Yeah. Like they clinched yesterday, did they not? Did not the Islanders clinched yesterday. Yeah. They clinched yesterday. Yeah, so they're, yeah. a playoff they're, team. The well. they're a great team. They have a very similar makeup to Boston. Um, but And I think that you know going in there and getting a win would be just massive. You know what's going to happen? Leafs are going in tomorrow night. They're going to win like 7 nothing, dominate. We're all going to be fired up. They're going to play Tampa and get, like, Greece, like, 8-1. <laughs> See, I, I feel like I'm still waiting for that game. Like, I'm still, like, this this game where they win convincingly and we feel good after, I still, I feel like I've been waiting for it for a while. The last time I felt good about a Leafs win was when they beat Vegas 6-3 on the yeah. road. That's the last time I felt good about a Leafs win. It's been a long time. And that's a long time ago. That was on Valentine's like, Day. They lost 2-0 in Arizona the, uh, the next game. Yeah, that's Exactly. But... That game in Las Vegas, just based on the fact that they're out west, um, it's in Vegas where you know your head is not completely into the game because you're in Vegas. Um, I felt that was a big win because they got you know they they didn't do well against Vegas the previous year. No. They faced them on New, uh, Year's, New Year's, Year's and they got they they got destroyed. So I felt that was the last time I looked at a game, and I'm like, that's a good win. Maybe this is a strong hockey team. And then I, I feel like that Islander game completely set them back yeah. mentally because the whole narrative after the Islander game where, you know, John Tavares returned to the island was, you know, when, when uh, adversity or when a pressure situation comes onto this Maple Leafs team, they flop. That was, the whole, that was everything we took away or a lot of the media and we took away after this game. They, they couldn't deliver for John Tavares. And they, and they haven't come and they haven't been able to recover from that and we've been waiting for the game you're talking about Brian we've been waiting for this 7 nothing game and I thought it was going to be Florida Yeah. but then you know we come away from that game thinking that okay this this is just a team with defensive deficiencies I think the good thing is that four games left tomorrow's going to be a playoff like atmosphere Tampa game neither team at this point really have anything to play for but then you're playing a desperate Carolina team and then you're finishing off in Montreal against a desperate Montreal team yeah. so I think that maybe can amp the Leafs up a little bit yeah. And maybe they can play up to the desperation of their opponents. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it goes both ways. Yeah, they could play up to the desperation of their opponents, but they can also just get rinsed because those guys are playing for so much right now. Yeah. The Leafs could just get doubled over. Who knows? I, I think it's a good test the next four games to see how the rest of the season plays out. But I think even if they go 4-0 or they go 0-4, I don't think it matters come April 10th or April 11th. I think it. I think... Either way, mentally, they're, they're just going to hit a reset button. Even if they go winless or they go undefeated. You think it'll be that easy for them, though? Especially with them technically still being a younger team and 
not having an experience like like a Boston who's gone on cup runs and 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 is a proven team that can flip the switch. Like, do you think? No. Do you think that Leafs team can just they can flip the switch and just kick another gear? Because it seems like they they need to go through a stretch where they're playing consistent consistent high level hockey over a stretch of games to to say that way. Like, I I don't I don't really see them being a team that can just flip a switch. Uh, yeah, we we already talked about that. I think in the last week or the week before, I don't think they deserve that respect yet. They don't. They have but yeah. if that's what they're saying and and that's how they feel, I think you have to give them at this point the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, if that's if that's how they feel right now and they think they can switch uh, that or sorry flip that switch, prove it then. Yeah, prove it. it. Let's see it. Come come Thursday night. Let's see it. And I think w- w- when we look at the you know the being able to turn on the switch, we're just so concerned because we've been expecting the switch to be turned on for a while. Yeah. And it feels like every game we're like, okay, maybe this is the maybe this is the game where they're going to turn on that switch, or 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 gel and have a convincing win. It just doesn't happen, right? But what whatever Philly like I shootout loss good, they played well. Shootout loss they played well wasn't the result they wanted to get. It is concerning that they're losing to a lot of non playoff teams. All right, so again. We know what happened at the end of that shootout. I'm not about to rip on John Tavares for, for missing it. I will say it was the worst shootout attempt I've seen since Ricard while leaning against the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> what a name a game that we a, a game that we went oh, to. Oh, man. Uh, but other than that, John Tavares deserves a lot of love. He is the first Leaf in 25 years to score t- uh, 42 goals. Uh, Dave Anderchuk and Wendell Clark, the last to do it in 93-94. Most hat-tricks since 2009-2010. Number one, Alex Ovechkin at 15 Number two, John Tavares at 10. One shootout attempt's not going to change my perception of him. Um, and he deserves a lot of love because he's he's having a career year. I want to see him come out and just snip like a hattie tomorrow against uh, the Islanders. Like, I want to see him game one come out with like three, four goals. Just go legend. He, just he's go gonna, legend. The, the playoffs this year are going to come down to him. I mean, a lot of people him are saying Matthews. that. Matthews, him and Matthews. Matthews yeah. are going to have to carry load. I think if... They need someone to to have that leadership and just lead them to a series win against Boston. It's got to be JT. Oh, they they need. Goosebumps just thinking they about it. they need that guy to come in and just and, and lead them to a win. And you know, well, he's the difference this year, right? He is the difference yeah. in the lineup wise. He's the difference. They're going to be a tough team to match against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that's obvious. We know what they, the talent they have on offense. It's the defense that keeps us a little skeptical. Tons of pressure, but he's lived up to those expectations so far, and he's. He hasn't caved yeah. under pressure with the exception of that game in New York. Right. So I have no reason to to doubt him coming up to um, to game one. No reason at all. Yeah. I, know. I, I think what Shani, maybe Babcock, and, and Tavares should do now that he's married is just get all the young guys together. Get them a hotel in Niagara. Just send them to the Peelers for like one <laughs> night. Just go to the Peelers for one some night. Yeah. After Listen. The seasons, yeah. Get it out you know, come back from Montreal <laughs> or even do it in Montreal. In a nice hotel, get a nice penthouse suite on the Leafs. MLC will cover the bill. Go have a time. Would they put that under load management? Yes, under load management, signed off by Lou Lamorello. It's just expensive to MLSE. <laughs> yeah. Kyle Dubas, load they management have, they have for these some, players. Uh, they have some fine gentleman establishments in Montreal. Yes. Yeah, that's what just do it Saturday night, get after it. Come back, fly back Sunday, relax yeah. a little bit, no stress. Let's see where it goes from there. So we can circle the game tomorrow night against the New York Islanders, the game against Tampa, and Montreal as the three game, maybe the three games that you we put some importance on. Yeah. Right. Tomorrow night for obvious reasons. Yeah. Tampa for obvious reasons. They're the number one team in the league. Potential second round matchup if the Leafs can beat the Boston Bruins. 
And then Montreal, like we talked about last week, Jordan, imagine the momentum if you knock not Montreal out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, could, that could be... I love it. That, I mean, I it would be something that. as Leaf fans that we would love, um, even though it's nice seeing a lot of Canadian teams in the playoffs, but that, I think that would give Toronto some a boost. We did that in 2006, I believe it was. Yeah. At home against Montreal, we knocked them out of the playoffs. And and then we had to and the when, Islanders the had to win day. the next game the next yeah, day Wade right Dublovitz. or the Islanders did New have to Jersey. lose the next day and they won right New yeah. against New Jersey I'll never forget that. Scott Clemenson New Jersey scored I think point like eight seconds left to tie it up to go into overtime they rested they Clemenson rested was Broder. playing for Jersey and Dublovitz for they rested yeah. Broder yeah they rested Broder Dublovitz is in for but the Leafs had the win the night before on Saturday against Montreal I think I remember they, they were did, down five yeah. three and they came back and won six five that was a good game. Yeah, one of the best games. I still remember that watching that with a bunch of a bunch of buddies. And yeah, it was grade nine. Yeah, and yeah, they oh, came back man. and won that, and they knocked Montreal out of the playoffs. Then It'd be nice yeah. to see him do it again now. AM thirty four. Austin Matthews is a little bit of a resurgence this this week. He's been playing well. He's finally dominating games. He's still not you know leaving games in three four points, but he he's showing that he can just dominate at will. Mind you, I think he did a, a lot against Buffalo, but I mean look who the opponent was at that point. He does seem to get up against uh, Jack Eichel a lot too. Yeah. Okay, dominate against Buffalo, dominate against Philly, not a big deal. Okay, dominate against Tampa. Yeah. You know, dominate, dominate against, against these, these big playoff teams that you might have to face in the playoffs. That's why the series is so big against Boston, because I think he, someone's, someone's going to get the top line. We don't know who it's going to be. It's going to be it's going to be either John Tavares, Mitch Marner, or Hyman. I feel or, it'll be them. Yeah. Or it's going to be the Matthews line. Someone's going to get the top line of Boston, and I, I feel like whoever doesn't, that line's going to make a difference to. in the series, right? He was a ghost last year. and We criticized him. Yeah. Get, get your 40 goals in the regular season. Do it. So you guys think Bergeron, Pasternak, uh, Marchand is going to be on the, the Tavares line? Yeah. yeah. They're going to try to, they're going to, try to shut down Marner and, and Tavares. Yeah. Which is, which is good because last year that focus was on the Matthews line. Yeah. That was the matchup. And this year you come in, you bring in JT, you take pressure off of Matthews. Because that's going to be the main matchup, and then now you're dropping down to like a second or third line matchup against someone who's going to be the Krejci line. Do you think that adds more pressure to Matthews though? Because I, I think he's going to see that and be like, okay, now I actually have to perform. There's no, there's no built-in excuse. Okay, I was playing up against Bergeron. No, you have to score now. The the spotlight is going to be on the entire team. The the entire team is constantly under the microscope. It's, you're playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like it, it's never not on you. So I think that, you know, this series is going to be on everyone. This is a massive series for this this franchise, regardless of if of the result like, and I think you know the the top guys have to perform this year there's just no excuse they're healthy from what we know they could be a bit banged up but like it's not like last year where, where uh, Matthews is battling those shoulder injuries and Marner Marner was hurt near the end of the year as well like these guys seem like they're healthy um, you know they have to go out and dominate this year I and hope questions. I hope the media just lays off that whole narrative from last year because Last year, before we went into it, for a week or two before the playoffs, everyone was being grilled on, do you remember 2013? Do you remember what happened in Game 7? I don't want the media, again, to already build build that narrative into the play, the players' heads, saying, remember when you choked last year in Game 7? What are you going to do different this year? I think it's just a bad a bad vibe to bring into the yeah. series before it even starts. I, I But I think no matter, I think if you make it to a Game 7... Those, it's done. It, it's always going to be there. That 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 fear is always going to be there. That's what's. That's why the home ice to me was such a big deal, and that's why I can't understand why the Leafs haven't, or by their actions and by the way they play, think they have nothing to play for. Because if they do make it to that situation where it's a game seven, it's impossible to avoid that narrative. 
Well, that's what happened and with... I, you uh, know, it's, it's impossible. Well, that's what happened with... Um, it was in Vancouver and Chicago. There was a whole narrative yeah. that they could not get past yeah. Chicago. Right. And then Vancouver finally... It was game seven, wasn't it? They finally eliminated Chicago as an overtime. Was it with Burroughs? Yeah. And then what happened? They went to the cup final. Yeah. So... You got to do it eventually. You, you got to eventually... You have to do it. That's the thing. You got to get over that. You, you got to just... You, you have to learn 100%. from those those past failures and and that pressure and and finally get over the hump and just win. So do it this year then. Do it this year. And you know I'm what? Sick. I like how you brought up Chicago because I remember watching Chicago's, I think it was the third cup they won. Like they didn't breeze to the cup final. No. It, and, it, and you think it's a dynasty, Chicago, they got Tane, or Kane and Taves. They like, Nashville gave them a series. LA was always giving them art because they were they yeah. were splitting cups. They were always in between cups. But you know what the LA. difference was? Their big name players always came through in the clutch. Yeah. Kane found a way to get it done, and Taves always found a way to get to get it done. And, and that's what really stuck out, especially on the third cup that that Chicago won. Is that like you'd watch there'd be a power play late in the game. It was I think it was three two. I can't remember who they faced. It might have been LA. And Taves just scores a bar down screamer to tie it, and it's it's moments like that that okay, that's what you need from your big players, mm-hmm. and this, the Leafs are going to need that from not just Austin Matthews, they're going to need from William Nylander, Marner, Tavares, Riley. Like they're going to need their best players to step up, and I think we can agree that Matthews might be the difference here, just because of the whole matchup situation. Yeah, so let's see, go out there and perform then. Like yeah. You know, don't wait until, you know, game six, an elimination game, you're, you're down 3-2 three, three, or something at that point, just finally step in and, and show up. No, start from game one. Go yeah. out and score two goals game one. Game one's huge. The game one's, yeah. like, game one against Boston in the garden. You, you always hear that, you know, once you get to the playoffs, people are like, well, it's a, it's a seven-game series, it's a long series, you know, anything can happen, but... I you nailed it on the head there. I think game one is going to be the most yeah. important for the entire season. No matter if it goes seven or or four or you know five or six, it's game one is going to be a huge. It's it's more important for the Leafs than for Boston. Hands Absolutely, down, but the Leafs need a split in that to, series. They have to either split in, in Boston, Boston yeah. or they, or at most win, they have to win game one or both. I mean, in 2013 and last year, the Leafs were down three one in both series. Yeah, and, that, and they still have pushed seven, but at that point, you're asking a team to win three straight games in the playoffs, two on the road. It's tough. It's tough to do in the playoffs. So they, I don't want them to to go in that situation again where, yeah, they're, you know, they lose game one, then they're down 3-1 at one point, then they have to bang off three straight wins. It's, yeah. it's, tough, to, it's tough to do. Matthews, uh, FYI, career year, 64 games played, uh, 37 and 35 and 72 points. So he's having a career year. I just think... Speaking in, in the way I look at Matthews, I always feel like there's more for him to give. And I, what I mean by that is I look for him to give in the big moments against the big teams. And what better way to show that than this year against Boston? I'm, I'm all for that. Let's go. Yeah. I'm ready to get this going. And I'm sorry to set, like, I don't want to center him out and, say, and put it all on him, but he's the big, he's the big boy. $11.6 million. He's going to be getting paid next year. Here's our. He's our guy. He's the first round pick. I don't want to put it all on him because I still there's some other guys that have to carry their weight as well. But he's going to obviously play a big factor. I think he know. I think he puts that he knows pressure that. on himself. Like, Absolutely, he knows. Doesn't that. matter what we say. Doesn't matter what the big networks say. I think he puts that pressure on himself. I think the idea of a fresh start for Nylander 
Oh, we'll we'll be big. I was, like, I I was think just gonna bring. I was gonna bring, gonna bring that up. He's on pace for ten goals league. this year if you play over oh, eighty-two games. I, no God. one needs a fresh. Like I think the playoffs represent a fresh start. No one needs it more than him. He's. Oh, I've been. I, I don't even want to comment. <laughs> I was like, I, I've hated this entire scenario since pretty much training camp when this whole contract saga started. He and, and everyone kept saying, "Okay, in December, like let's give him some more time. Let's get him till mid-January." And mid-January rolls around. Oh, he's starting to play a little bit better. Let's give him another month or two. But before you know it, it's it's April, and everyone's still waiting for him to dominate. He's not. He's if, not doing anything. If he doesn't do anything this playoffs, is he getting traded? Is William Nylander getting no. traded? They'll give him one more year, a full year, to play with Matthews, or at least to, to you know start training camp, and then see what happens. I think if I think they won't trade him in the offseason unless they unless there's a deal there. For a stud defenseman or some or more depth in the D, maybe. But I I think you know if they're they're still going to give them a year. But I think if they have a uh, a trade in place, maybe by the deadline next year, he he definitely be a trade piece. If he still struggles next year, they got his trade value is going to plummet if he's if he comes out yeah. of the gate and plays like shit. But um, you know I think I think he could definitely be a. Trade, trade, some trade bait. Yeah, yeah, if he scores ten goals next year and he's playing like, yeah, he's he's had some moments in some games too. He's made some you know pretty good passes and he's, he's he can dominate the play sometimes, but not as much as you expect a guy like him to do. But the thing is, he he's never scored more than what twenty two goals, right? So I don't know what everyone was expecting. He wasn't going to come out and score thirty this year. Yeah, but you also expect more than ten, like or you know. Yeah, I just think with. Um he scored some pretty goals, definitely, in the past. Maybe that's why we thought he had the potential to maybe come out and get 30. But the way he obviously the way he started when he first signed the contract was a little concerning. It was not a good look. Yeah. The, the I, media is eating his ass all fucking year because of that. <laughs> what a line. The media is eating his ass. <laughs> They they might be yeah they I mean (laughs) it's one way to put it but no I mean you're right like they he's gonna get run out of the city if he doesn't deliver Um, obviously I don't think he's under the microscope as much as you know Matthews and Tavares but Nylander he's he's not he's he's getting paid he's getting paid up you know northwards to seven he's got to perform and it's uh, it's too bad it'll be very disappointing. If he can't contribute to the to the success of this team, in the play, obviously he's not a physical player by any means. He's pretty one dimensional. Yeah. If you ask me. Can I can I give you a quick stat here? Yeah. William Nylander over an eighty-two game stretch is on pace for nine point eight four goals. His brother, who's played in ten games, has scored two goals, which puts him on pace for sixteen. Yeah. Let's just do a swap, Nylander for Nylander. Alex for yeah. Willie. <laughs> Billy Nye. If I could go back, I would. I would take neither of them. <laughs> yeah, Billy Nye not getting it done right now. He's not getting it done. But I, so you guys are willing to give him another year? Like, One more year. Like you're 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 saying like let's see what he's got next year, no matter what he does against Boston. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think they need to give him a fresh training camp. And I think they just I don't know they can't give up on him yet. Yeah, we rip on him, but it is tough coming into the season. Yeah. December what was it six? I think was it or something was his yeah. first game like. It's not easy coming in, you know, first week of December after missing 20-something games. And I've liked this game so far. Like, it's gotten better. I, it, my expectations are obviously lower of uh, William Nylander. I've liked his game so far. 
Um, I see some improvements, especially in his strides and the way he controls the puck. Um, but yeah, it's uh, he's he's got to be better, and especially playing on a line with Matthews. If he doesn't succeed, you know, does that translate to Matthews? I don't know. Or maybe if Matthews plays as the star he is, maybe that is supposed to make William Nylander better, better because your star players are supposed to make the players around you better. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's, you're just hoping that Nylander doesn't bring Matthews down, but you're also hoping that Matthews can elevate Nylander. Yeah, you're right. You know, Absolutely so let's, right. let, let's hope that happens. And the other reason I brought that up with Nylander and if you guys are willing to give him into next year is because the idea of, you know, you can potentially swap him for some help on the blue line, which we know the Leafs obviously need. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, it's just it's it's a conversation. Brian's got to leave us in uh, shortly. He's got to leave us shortly. So why don't we transition um, into some Raptors? Talk about. I mean, we talk about trading. We talk about leaving teams. Um, have you guys see the report on Kawhi this week? That he's more willing to stay than than go. Well, that. Josh, I think it was Josh Lewenberg, actually reported that the Raptors are increasingly confident that they can keep him. I don't think that holds any merit at all, though. I think that's who, whoever you know tipped him off by saying that. Okay, they're hoping or they they have they think there's better odds that they can keep him. It doesn't mean anything. There's no guarantee in that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm hopeful I'll one day win the lottery, but like, <laughs> let's be realistic. It's probably not going to happen. I think the same applies for Kawhi. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people in the Raptors organization that are, this is where the reports stem from, that are confident that that they can keep him. I don't know how much merit I take in that. I'll believe it when I see it. But I just thought that was interesting because in our first podcast, we talked about Kawhi uh, and the odds of him staying. I don't think a lot of people are very optimistic about him staying. But when you hear these kind of reports and that, um, you know, that, that, that the the people within the team are growing in confidence. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel a little. It makes me feel a little better that potentially we could have a superstar like Kawhi Leonard stay on the Raptors, because obviously that's something that you know, the Raptors have trouble getting is a is a complete superstar. I mean, there's it's no surprise here. I, I don't like the Raptors, so I bring sort of an outsider's point of view. No, that's good. Yeah, I don't hate them enough to you know chirp them consistently or all the time, but. Part of me is like, yeah, you know what? He's not. He's not going to stay. He, he's probably just going to go bail somewhere else in another big market. But then part of me is like, you know what? The Raps don't ever land a guy like this. So yeah, it'd be nice for him to, to sign again. This is coming from someone who doesn't like the Raps. I, don't, I couldn't care less whether they yeah. succeed or not. Yeah, it'd be nice for him to stay. So I, I hope he does. Just yeah. for fans of the Raps. You know? Yeah, it, it, I think. We, we, we joke about this load management, but it's honestly sounding like through these reports like Kawhi really appreciates it. Yeah, so you can get well, a bigger contract. Level, yeah, it just shows the, and it also just shows the level of care an organization takes for their players. Like player treatment is is a, a huge factor in, in whether or not a guy is going to stay or especially a big name that like expects to be treated well because he is the player that he is. So I think coming off a, it's, it seemed like it was a pretty serious injury last year he sat out the entire year just to recover from it and the way you know obviously he wasn't treated uh you know that well in san antonio which led to him being traded so i think all those all of that factors into and will factor into this upcoming free agency forum and and just as his overall treatment Mm -hmm. from from the the organization so it's definitely good on them that they act they considered that 
Um, like I said, if they if they weren't having um, the success that they were early on, I think that would be a completely different story. I think you would be getting pushed to play those back to backs. Um, so, you know, like I said, take as you want. I, I'm still very pessimistic when it comes to him resigning. Um, I, I, you know, they're going to throw out, like I said, like I keep saying it every week, they're going to throw every dollar at him. Yeah. And they obviously have the, the money to do it and the will to do it. So that's not, that's not, uh, it's never a concern, especially with uh, MLSE. But um, I don't know. It's just, I think we just have this whole. You know, the pessimistic view of, of free agents and big names coming to Toronto because we've just never had someone stay yeah. or, or resign, especially with the Raptors, like a, yeah. like a Kawhi Leonard. So I think it's just until until that does, and the whole trend started with John Tavares. Yeah, I mean, going back to the Leafs, but um, we can always go back. It's to the Leafs. so hard. It's so, always, so hard back, not right? to. Every, everything circles back to the Leafs. <laughs> it it's does. Like, it's starting that trend of actually big name players. Wanting to play in Toronto and staying, th- there would just be another name added to that list of Kawhi stays. Yeah. Brian's leaving us right now. Yeah. Uh, if you could see the hat he's wearing right now, it's absolutely incredible. Do you want to give us some background on your hat before you leave? I've been a, I mean, I'm a huge, we haven't actually spoken about golf at all no, yet. No, and we have we'll, to make we'll some get to that yeah. next week before the Masters. Yeah, absolutely. Least, but, um, yeah, huge Bryson DeChambeau fan. So, um, I originally bought a similar hat to him just at like, I think at the Bay or something like that last year. And then I started looking at it. I'm like, wow, they actually sell identical Bryson DeChambeau hats. So <laughs> I, yeah, I ordered one on Amazon. First one I came in was a little bit too small. So sent it back and then ordered a, uh, ordered a nice uh, white Puma Cobra uh, Bryson DeChambeau hat. I don't even know what the proper name of this is, but yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a terrible look, but it's. it's I a, love it. I'm taking a picture a of it. Very yeah, I'll turn it around so it actually yeah, looks. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna post it on our on our Instagram page. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, follow us on Instagram at uh, purposely underscore offside on Twitter on Twitter. I don't know why I said it like that. Twitter Twitter uh, at PO Sports Talk. Just type in purposely offside in the search engine. We'll post that picture of Brian. It looks fantastic. Yeah, and he's we'll a hell of a golfer too. We'll have to get a good one in the summer with uh, the full Puma outfit and everything like that. So it actually I actually look like Bryson DeChambeau. But um, yeah, I'm really yeah. looking forward to seeing your Herald attire this year. It's gonna be nice. And we'll maybe we'll explain. We'll have what to the circle Herald back is. on the Herald next. We week, have to actually. circle yeah, when we talk golf. We'll talk yeah. about what the Herald is. Yeah, because that's like at least a half hour conversation in <laughs> itself. But on our history of yeah, by the time I'm back next week or by the time we have another um, another podcast release, I mean the Leaf season will be over. We can start focusing on that and yeah. do a little Masters talk next week too. But yeah, not anyway, in April. Yeah, yeah, you guys keep going. But uh, we'll Brian Zoe, right, thanks yeah. for coming. Me and Jordan are going to continue on the, uh, on the... We'll stay on the Raptors for now. Let's stay on the Raptors. Sure. All right. Um, I like the topic because I think the Raptors have a legitimate shot at doing some damage in the playoffs this year. Um, obviously. This is a team that's kind of making it look easy right now. It's, a, it's kind of a refresher from the Leafs because the Leafs are kind of making things stressful right now. We don't really know um, where they're going to be in four... They could, their season could be over in three, four weeks. Uh, the Raptors were expecting a deep run. How much stock do you take of the Raptors' record without Kawhi? Does, that, like, does the Raptors' record without Kawhi show you how maybe potentially deep and bright this future is? Well, what is the record? I think the record is, I, I gotta double check it, I believe it's like 16 and five. 15 and five or 16 and five. I would like, well, 
it, it depends on their opponents, but I, I think it just shows, again, the depth that they have. I mean, obviously, they got really deep after uh, after the uh, the free agency period, and, or not free agency, excuse me, the, uh, the trade deadline. But, um, you know, it just goes to show the, the depth that this team's had, the, the, whether they've drafted or just their, you know, stock free agent uh, um, sort of depth signings they've made. Yeah. Um, for it's just like in any sport, you need you need you need to have that bench depth in order to make a deep run. And I think Masai has just done a a, a hell of a job in in, in stocking up uh, a lot of vet- he's picked up a lot of veterans too. You know the Jeremy Lins and Danny Green. Danny well, Green with the with the trade, trade, yeah, with the trade, yeah. Um, you know you need those guys. You need those yeah. guys to go on a run because, like, like I said, once they started making some trades, they had a lot of young guys on their team that didn't have a lot of playoff experience. Um, guys who have had, you know, bad years as well, like slumping years, like Norman Powell and stuff like that. He's he's been yeah. he's been a ghost this year. Yeah, yeah. In prior years, after especially after getting paid too. So, um, you know, it's just like I said, it just goes down to Masai and 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 the, just the job he's done in getting depth to go on a deep run. There's a lot to be excited though, and I'll circle back to that Josh Lewenberg article about you know, the Raptors being increasingly confident in keep in keeping Kawhi. Like if you if you're Kawhi, like Kawhi, we have this perception like he's this quiet guy, you know, just goes about his business and plays basketball. He sees the same stats we see. He see the Raptors record without him. He sees the Raptors record without him. He's got to be thinking like, okay, maybe this is a team that. I potentially should resign with because they have they have success even without me in the lineup. So obviously with me, we're an even better team. And think about if I stay and when we add on to this roster, mm-hmm. you know, because you look at Siakam, seventeen points per game this year. Guys, arguably going to win the Player of the Year. Him or D'Angelo Russell, All right? You see OG and Anobi. All right, you see. Um, well, you have Kyle Lowry. I think that's a position you'll have to upgrade in the future. Yeah, he's he's in his thirties now. Right. He's going to be. He's, his best years are behind him. Towards the end of his career, he is. So they're going to um, have to look at addressing the point guard. But even if you just look at Siakam and OG, like these are guys that, if you're a star player like Kawhi, they're coachable, they're on the up, they're on the upswing, and they're potentially guys that you want to stay and, and build a yeah. and build a team with and build a, a legacy with. Um, and if you can improve on this Raptors team. Maybe add in free agency, maybe add through trade. I don't know. Add on what you have. It's kind of a sexy destination for Kawhi. Minus the winter. Minus. The, <laughs> I hate the winter excuse. Like I know New York, Chicago, they all have winter. Yeah, I know he's a San Diego. Well, he went to San Diego State. Kawhi. I. I don't buy the whole winter. I don't think the. I don't think the climate is going to change Kawhi's mind here in terms of where he wants to play. We already know L.A. He's not going to want to join the Lakers. Lakers are just, they're a shit show. Yeah. Right? They, they, I don't think he's going to want to join LA. Again, you don't want ever want to, I guess you never want to downplay what LeBron James is capable of. I mean, the Clippers could be an option. But I guess what I'm saying is the Raptors are a legitimate team to get this guy back. And I'm, and I'm not just saying, like, it's not just based on their playoffs success. Like, I think even if they lose in the Eastern Conference Final and don't necessarily make the championship, I still think that this team has a, has a real shot at landing Kawhi back next year. And if they do, 
they're going to build statues of Musai Ujiri outside Scotiabank <laughs> Arena. Well, that'll be there if the AV brings the title. But I think everything everything has gone right for the for the Raptors and MLSC this year in terms of their you know increasing their chances of bringing Kawhi back. They had players have careers have career years so far. Um, like guys like Siakam, Lowry's played well. He's been healthy for the most part. Yeah, he's had that back. OG injury. has shown a lot of promise. He's he's had a fantastic year. Um, Serge Ibaka is a completely different player. Yeah, compared to last year, he, he, is. he came out of nowhere. I think he 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 got twenty three points last night. He just completely flipped his game. Yeah, Lowry, sorry, Siakam and Leonard were out last night. And Ibaka hit 23 yeah. points. He's a, he's like the old OKC Serge Ibaka when he first when yeah. he first broke out in the league. He, right. But going back to that, like everything has gone right for the Raptors this year in terms of increasing their chances of, of bringing back Kawhi. The next the next step and the next part will be their playoffs. You think? But so you think where do they have to go in the playoffs for Kawhi wanting the finals to resign? To resign, sir. I think they have to go deep. I think no matter what, they have to make the Eastern Conference Finals. They have to, so they have to make the Eastern Conference Finals for Kawhi to resign. Yes. Okay. Or to solidify them as the front runner to resign him, I think they have to show they they have to show that they're a contender. And by you don't think fifty four and twenty their current record fifty four no. and twenty three is enough to say I'm going to come back. No, because I think if they don't go deep and they don't make a, a run to the finals, then this year is just a wash. And then you know, yeah, I guess there's you no. You can't go this entire season have the have the season they had, the season they've had, and just bow out in the first round or second round to say, oh, you know, it was a great season. No, this year it's it's the finals are bust. Finals are bust. Or even contend to win. Like we're we're talking, we're sitting here saying, oh, they're good to make the finals. This is the team that can win the NBA championship. I yeah. think that we need to start having that confidence in them that they can. Win the championship. The they can NBA definitely win the championship. They're they, going to do some damage they in the playoffs. Beat the Warriors. They, yeah. they beaten. They beaten these tough Western Conference teams. They came in and just they can slap around the OKCs of the league too. Like those are big wins. They they you know they they've proven the it this year that they can co- they can go in and and beat these Western Conference teams. So and I, I think the narrative has to change that they they can win the NBA championship this year. Well, I'm not going to go that far and saying they can win the championship. I, they can make the finals. Championship and Raptors is something I still have a hard time saying because Golden State's still around and they're they're not going anywhere. Golden State is the cream of the crop in this league, and we all know that. Sometimes I feel like we're playing the NBA season for no reason because they've had their struggles this year, though. They've had their internally. Struggles. It may not show on their in their record, but internally they've 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 been a gong show, like a PR gong show, just just like the Lakers have been. Yeah. They, well, with there's certain, a yeah, lot of question marks. a lot of question marks. Well, there's question marks on Durant, on Kevin Durant. Everywhere, yeah. Clay Thompson's got to resign this year. But they're so good. They're so good. The Golden State Warriors are so good that even yeah. that division within the team, if the, if it exists, they're, st- they're still good enough to overcome mm-hmm. that. Well, there's no, there's obviously no doubting their skill and their play as a team. I mean, they're still the best, you know, if not one of the the best teams in the league. But I think what it'll come down to is their their sort of uh, their mental toughness. Like, are they going to band together and 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 come out and just blow everyone away in the playoffs again, or are they just going to collapse and 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 bow out or get upset? I think they can get. I can definitely think they can get upset. 
I think you come against Cross it tough. Well, the 76ers would be their second round matchup. Like if they if the 76ers I believe beat well they would have the Pistons in the first round right now. I think tough they matchup. I think I think they line up against the against the 76ers in the next round. In the second round. Yeah, be them or uh they were Boston. Well, they play the the fourth or fifth. Yeah, seed. the 76ers, Celtics, and Pacers. Those are not like walkover teams, no. right? Like we've had success against the against all those teams this year. I think we beat them all. But I mean, they're by no means a lock. If you match up against any of those teams, it's not a lock. But I think we can agree that the Raptors are. They're not underdogs in those series. Like they're potentially favorites in those series, and they can win them. But it's just not a lock that they're going to win. Um, the Bucks are awesome. The Bucks have had our number this year. But hey, you know, if there's any year that the Raptors have had a real shot at making the finals, this is it. And maybe, I guess this is my point with the Raptors is maybe if this report that they're increasingly confident that they, that they can keep Kawhi into next year. If this is true, maybe this is not just a one and done year, a one and bust, or a championship or nothing year. If he stayed, like if they have some playoff success, maybe make the Eastern Conference Finals, NBA Finals, if they have that success, factored in with their record during the season, factored in with the organization has been really accommodated to Kawhi and his injury and making sure he stays fresh throughout the year. That he's healthy going forward, because it seems like he really values that. And maybe this team has a really a real shot at resigning him and staying relevant into next year. You know, maybe it doesn't have to be just this year or bust. I think we feel that way because we're so afraid of getting our hearts broken. I, like, yeah, why? I think you just nailed it. There's a lot because there's just so much uncertainty um, around you know Kawhi's future with the Raptors. I think that everyone's got this win now mentality because they're. They're just they're scared that he is just gonna up and leave at the end of the year. So there yeah. is that added pressure. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, only Kawhi knows what's going on this year. That's it. Agency, so that's right. Um, I I think he's he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna leave any door unopened. Right. I think he's gonna um, really take his time. He seems like a really patient guy. So I think he's really gonna take his time. Listen to his offers. Um, and I think he'll he'll take some time to make a decision. Um, he's clearly going to leave the Raptors. Uh, he's going to leave the Raptors in the mix. I think he'll, uh, he'll he'll definitely be open to returning. But I also think he's going to take all, all all offers as well and and really take his time in making a decision because you know it's yeah. it's ultimately gonna, it, it's going to affect his life and right. his career. So yeah, that's right. Right. He was actually or no Lowry Kyle Lowry was on uh, Danny Green's podcast, uh, the Green Room. I think this week and they had a conversation on on Kawhi Leonard and you know how he has been outside of basketball or outside of you know what you see on on the court and you know Kyle was kind of opening up and saying yeah Kyle you know Kawhi is really a fun guy uh, people you know, think of him as this quiet guy doesn't say much but you know he's he has opened up to us you know, which is, and that's a good sign too. I look into those things. I look into the relationships that he has with the players on the team, especially Kyle Lowry, because obviously Kyle Lowry was sour grapes when DeMar DeRozan oh, got, yeah. got traded, right? He still is. 
but I, you know, he still he's, is. He's but still but is. then comments like that, like yeah. he seemed very genuine in his comments and saying that, you know, him and Kawhi have had the opportunity to build the, to build a relationship, yeah. which I think that's important too. Because obviously, if you love the people you work with, if you get along with the people you work with, just like in any other job, that also might attract you to stay in a place and stay on the team. So I think that's important too. I take some merit in that. So well, their success is is ultimately going to come down to those two. I mean, yeah, yeah they, they have a lot of depth and they're going to have to rely on, um, you know, everybody that's going to jump in that lineup. But ultimately, the, their success is going to come down to how well Kawhi and Kyle play in the playoffs. Because like I said, when, when Kyle Lowry is on, he's unstoppable. And when he's cold, they just get trashed. We saw that in the playoffs last year, for sure. And I think the big question mark is... Is that back of Kyle Lowry going to hold up? We don't know, and that's how much of the how much of their playoff success will be on that back of Kyle of Kyle Lowry. Well, arguably a lot, you know, because that's if he if he's not healthy, we don't know how far this team can go. So their playoff success relies a lot on his health. You need a, you need a solid point guard. And he's only solid if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Right? Van Vliet is a great player. Van Vliet came out and scored 23 last night as well. Van Vliet's not a starting point guard in, in the NBA yet. If you match that up against any other point guard in the league, or Kyrie, even Tobias Harris, it's just it, it's a mismatch. Like, they're going to need that depth, that point guard. They're going to need Kyle healthy. And we really don't know how serious this back injury is or will continue to be into uh, the postseason. And I think that's that's a big question mark for them. Jays. Jordan's wearing a Jays hat right now. Interesting. It, it came out. It came you out. Brought it out. You brought it out. You brought it out. I don't even know. I can't find mine. But it's out. You have it out. The boys of summer. I don't know how deep we're going to get into the Jays right now. I look at the roster and there's not much to talk about. I, this is my first impression when I look at the roster. The only guy I recognize on there, and I'm not talking about pitching. Obviously, I recognize Stroman, Sanchez, Shoemaker. When I look at the roster, though, I'm like, who are these guys? Like, Rowdy Telez was on the team last year, but Drury... Urania, Galvis, like I just, a lot of these guys I haven't heard of before. We know they're young. We know they're rebuilding. Um, you get a chance to watch any Jays this weekend? Um, here and there, I haven't actually sat down to watch a full game yet. Um, but like I said, I said it. I kind of said it last week on the on the party is that like there are no expectations. Um, for this team this year, they they split the series against Detroit, um, but it seems like they're just from the the you know the replays I've seen, um, or just the clips of highlights as well. They, they just seem like they're gonna just gonna have fun with they're, it this year. Yeah, you, yeah. Did you see the video of uh, them showering Montoya? Charlie Montoya yeah. with the champagne? I thought that was really that's nice. really cool. That's great. That's cool. That's not something. That's something we haven't really seen. 
yeah from the Jays of the past. Like they had a really veteran team. Guys really were like to themselves. It seems like, but even like seeing just celebrations of like the homers, especially like when when Rowdy Telez he had a pinch hit uh, pinch hit homer. He also got a, a two run homer to or three run homer to tie today. Yeah, or sorry, it was today. It's today, yeah, Rowdy Telez. Yeah, the, he had a pinch uh, pinch hit homer. He's one of the few names I recognize and, because he was on the team last year. He had a pretty yeah. good, pretty decent year last year. But you see the you see the guys in the dugout there they were jacked. Yeah, when he when he hit that homer, it's the fourth game of the season, you know, yeah. like, and they're expected to be really bad this year. So I think the team is just like comparing them to the Jays of the past, the Batistas and the, the, the Donaldsons and the egos, the, and the professionals and the yeah. big contracts. Like these are all guys that are they're they're no names. Yeah. Aside from yeah, some like you said, the Strowmans and the the Sanchez's who have a proven name here in in Toronto and in the MLB, but they're guys that are just trying to prove themselves, and they seem like they're they're a group that just loves to play. I thought that was a um, really good sign early it was on. Excellent. Like like seeing them celebrate with the manager's first MLB yeah. victory. I thought that was a good. That's a sign of a close group. Yeah. And I think they're gonna have a team. That's important. A team this year, and and it what's what's very positive about that is those are those are teams that surprise people. Mm-hmm. You know the guys that are playing for each other and playing for the jersey, not not for themselves, which right. is what the Jays really struggled with near the end and going to last year. Like they they you said they had the egos, they had the big names, and it did it really seemed like they weren't playing for for each other at all. And that's what the, that's the biggest complaint we had of the Jays team yeah. in 2015 2016 is they had a great lineup, right? Especially when they had like Encarnacion, Batista, Donaldson, but there was an aspect of that lineup that they just couldn't deliver. They couldn't deliver in the, in some big moments and a lot of games where they couldn't string together hits mm-hmm. and a lot of it because it was ego. They were going, they were all going for that deep ball mm-hmm. rather than playing a little small ball. And that's, that's the biggest complaint we had with the Jays is they didn't play a small ball and small ball wins in the playoffs. Yeah. You saw that against Kansas city. Yeah. Uh, they were, you know, they were, they set the record that year for, for most home runs, I think by a team in a season, they were just constantly trying to slug, just slug dingers in the playoffs, and they got beat by a by a Kansas City team that that played the small ball yeah. and and could steal bases. And, the Indians that too and get those RBIs, and and they they won a World Series because of it, and yeah. and that's it's similar to uh, like hockey where you just play really shut down hockey once it comes to the playoffs and you play strong defense. It's it's very similar in baseball where you play small ball and you have very tight games where you, where you have maybe you're going to have one run games constantly in the playoffs and you need a stolen base or or an error or something like that to win you a game. And I just think the Jays, they just didn't have the guys that were capable of doing it. Yeah. Um, it seems like this year they're going to have a more athleticism. Yeah. Um, you might see a lot more stolen bases this year, and you're, because they got to manufacture runs, they got to have to because I don't think they're they're going to come out. And, they still got some guys who can slug. Um, smoke's there. Smokey's Smoke there. Telez, they can Telez, slug. got these big bats there. I mean, once Flatty or if Flatty gets called up this year, you'll, you'll see his big bat in the lineup. But um, they got a lot of smaller, more athletic guys that I think they're gonna they're they're just gonna come in and play a completely different style uh, of baseball. And I think it's it's actually going to be good. I think it, it's a change that. Um, th- this team needs, and like I said, teams that play for each other and and play for the jersey, you know, they can come out and surprise people. Um, I think their division, their divisions, divisions like, is not going to be great this year. So who knows? No, their division is going to be good. Well, the, aside from Boston, no, the, 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 their, their divisions, 
Yeah. Tampa, the Rays are, are going to be a playoff be team. I got the Yankees going first in that division. Uh, I, put, I had the Yankees too. I got the, I got the Yankees going first. I got the I got the Red Sox and I got the Rays making the playoffs as well. So I got three out of the five making the playoffs. Their, their division's going to be good. What makes them crap? What makes that division crap is the Jays and the Orioles. Mm-hmm. Like the Jays are a rebuilding team. Not much expectation. I think when you talk about surprise, you mean like they might win. They might they might keep some series pretty close. They might go five hundred in some series. They might they might be in a lot of games, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they're going to be four or five, four or five in that division. Probably in the four spot. We talked earlier to open this segment on the Jays that we laughed a little, a little bit about their roster and how it is filled with a bunch of no names for now. Go take a look at the Baltimore Orioles roster. It's horrible. What a what a change. It, like what a change compared to what they had in the wild card game. But you know this, you can say the same thing about the Jays. Um, so the division is going to be tough. When you, when we say surprise, when you say surprise, I'm sure you have no expectation of them making the playoffs. We know that's not a realistic thing. Um, I think what we're waiting for, and we'll talk Jays a lot more throughout the summer as well. Obviously, right now we're more we're, for, we're more so focused on the Leafs and the uh, and the Raptors. Uh, when we talk about the Jays, there really is no expectation right now. We're hoping they they build, they develop, and we're hoping to see uh, Vladdy Jr. and we're hoping to see Bo Bichette with that flow. It's epic flow. That epic flow. Epic flow. Like real bar play flow. Yeah. Head on to this team. And see what we see what they can do from there. Guys got some great lettuce. I'm yeah, saying. that's it's a good head of hair. That's a great head of hair. I hope they don't. And there's, I I've been hearing this from a few people um, that follow the Jays. That there's a lot of talk that they're just gonna end up trading um, one of Sanchez or Strowman, or if not both, and just using them as trade pieces to keep building. They might as well. Do you think I I hope they don't? Yeah. Just because I I still see a lot like Sanchez he was fire Sanchez and Stroman were fire in their in their starts, but when like when's a realistic point for this team to be competitive? Even if you're looking like two or three years down the road, like you think they're they're young enough where they want to keep these guys as like a veteran veteran right. sort of presence or even like a rotation or guys in the rotation to build around because you gotta you gotta build from somewhere and and it's gonna be around the eventually you'll need like pitching Roddy, but you need you need that pitching. Yeah experience and um you know you need those guys in there if you're not a team that's gonna hit well or struggle to win games with their bats you need to have that pitching yeah regardless to stay in games so yeah that'll be interesting um, i'm not sure what rack what, what ross atkins is gonna do a he's of, a very interesting manager a general manager um he clearly has some sort of a, a vision for this team and obviously that vision is blowing everything up and starting by rebuilding your farm system so we'll see if if trading Sanchez and trading Stroman, whether it's now or not now, whether it's at the deadline or going forward from there, is would definitely follow the blueprint that he has followed so far and be on par with that. Um, but yeah, at some point when you feel like you're going to be competitive, and I don't know at one point that's going to be for the Blue Jays. It might be a couple years on the road, two, three years on the road, or Stroman and Sanchez willing to wait that long to be competitive. That's a question you also got to answer. Well, they will if they, if they get paid. They will they have their pocketbooks and they get yeah. give them sort of like a, a maxio. Like if they give them twenty mil a year, yeah, maybe they'll keep them around. But um, I love the Morales trade though. Yeah, that, they had that to get came rid out of them. nowhere. They had to get rid of them. Well, it opened up the it opened up space for Telez. Yeah, and because you know it's going to probably be him. It's him and and Smoke um, 
I don't know whether they're DHing or sharing first base this year, yeah. but they they had to they had they had to trade away that contract. They had to trade away that contract, and that the the Morales type player is really fading in the MLB now. You need guys that are versatile that can move um, around defensive position or play a defensive position and bat like the DH. I think he was batting in the hundreds last year. Batting in the hundreds, but he, he can't play any defensive position. No. So that that is fading out of the MLB. You need athleticism. You need guys who can round the bases. You need guys who can play some defense. Um, you don't need an overweight athlete who can just solely hit anymore. I don't think that's the way the game is trending anymore. Um, maybe at one point they were very valued players in terms of the designated hitter, but now it's about versatility. And obviously, Morales did not fit that bill. We're going to end off with a new segment that we're starting on purposely offside. Uh, we're going to start with our three stars of the week. You guys might notice on our logo, uh, we have our three stars, which represent me, Jordan, and Brian. Um, you know, the three individuals on the show, uh, three hosts of the show. Uh, we're going to give you each week our three stars of the week. I guess we got to compensate because Brian had to cut it uh, to, to cut it early, so we can um, we can do one each, and then just offer. Might be two stars time. this week. Yeah, maybe maybe two stars for one of us. Week. Yeah. Um, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Um, I'll go first. All right. Sure. So my guy, my my star of the week. Um, going to the NCAA March Madness, which has been absolutely crazy. Duke lost today. Duke is out. And then I'm going to go with my pick from another team that uh, bowed out. It was a tough, tough loss last night. But I'm going to go with Carson Edwards, the Purdue Boilermakers. Um, if you want to talk about a kid whose draft stock just skyrocketed for this tournament, it's Carson Edwards. In both games this week he played, and he had 29 points. And last night he got 42. In an NC- Against in, Virginia. In an NCAA game. Wow. The guy has just completely that, built a name for himself off this tournament alone. That game he was carried, something to watch. It was an incredible game. That game was the something ending, to watch. The overtime. I feel for I feel for Purdue. Fantastic games in the, in this tournament. This is definitely one of the one of the one of the better March Madness turns yeah. I think I've seen. There's been so many upsets and so many close games, so many overtime games. That game was nuts. When, when they when they tied the game at the buzzer, Virginia, we awesome. went nuts. What Great a what game. a way to come back. What a character win that is mm-hmm. for that group. But yeah, he Edwards played amazing. Forty two points. Yeah. Good. That's a good pick. I'm gonna go with um, TFC's new star, twenty seven year old Alejandro Pozuelo. I didn't really know who this guy was when they signed him. It was kind of a surprise signing for me. I, I, I didn't really hear any rumblings that they were trying to bring him in. I don't know much about Pozuelo. Uh, I do know that he was playing in the Belgian uh, League One, Belgian Professional League for, um, for Genk. I think it was Genk. Kerosene Genk. Uh, they brought him over. He had his first game against New York City FC. And the guy opens up with an assist on Josie Althor's goal. A goal from a penalty shot. If you haven't seen it, go take a look at it. Cheeky. He chip chips the goalie up the middle. The balls you must have to come to a new team, get a penalty shot, and chip 
the ball up the middle. The goalie went to the left. You must have balls of steel if you're doing that. Like I, I'm just thinking of like if I were to join a new men's league team, I'm probably not going to do that. And that's like a Thursday night league at uh, Redeemer University at a, at a dome, and and I'm probably just going to put it left corner like I usually do, and you know celebrate, go go have a drink, and then have some water on the bench and get back out there and play. This guy chips it in professional soccer for his first MLS goal, his first goal at TFC. In front of the supporters section, too. In front of the supporters section. He wasn't done, though. If you haven't seen his first goal on the penalty shot, go look at his second goal as well. He chipped the keeper from the 10-yard line. No, the ten, like the yeah, it was it was just inside. Just inside. Oh, sorry, just inside the just eighteen. Like maybe a couple, a few yards inside the eighteen. Like just wrong. inside the, he chipped the goalie just inside the eighteen-yard box. Like, I couldn't believe what I was. I couldn't believe what I saw. Not only do you get the two goals, it's the way you score them. It's the biggest screw you, I've ever seen. To a. Like, to do that against another another professional team, it's the biggest screw you guys. I'm here. This is my team. This is my show. Obviously, you know Jovenko did leave. This is Alejandro Puzuelo's team now. Apparently, he took his jersey number too. He took he, he took, took, he took Jovenko's jersey number. You know, you still have Josie Altador there, but this I mean Puzuelo is he's a Spanish attacking midfielder, and he just made. The MLS, his you-know-what, with those two goals. We'll see what he has in store. But to come out like that, like, I can't even do that in the rec leagues around this area, around Hamilton. So I tons of respect for what he did yesterday. Two goals in his debut. He's 27 years old. Check those out on the score, on whatever, on Instagram, on YouTube. Go check out Alejandro Pozuelo's two-goal performance against New York City FC. We'll post it on our Instagram. I'll post it on our Instagram. We'll compensate for Brian. I think this is one that we both wanted to mention. He retired last week. He, he's, he's coming out on top. Third star of the week. Rob Gronkowski. I'm a Pats fan. We, we know that. I don't know how you feel about him as being a Steelers fan. He's just the typical guy that you 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 absolutely hate to play against because he terrorizes your team. I think of like a Brad Marchand with the Leafs. You absolutely hate to play against the guy, but if he's on your team and you cheer for them, you absolutely love the guy. I mean, the guy is literally the poster boy of Chad's. Yeah, you've seen if you haven't seen him play, you've definitely seen his party videos on Instagram. The guy is just living the yeah, dream. He's living the dream, and he has been ever since he's probably been a kid. The guy's constantly a frat boy, but he's a he's a he's a big time. Yeah, it's like a big time frat boy playing hockey. Well, I think he actually he wasn't actually a frat boy. I think he there was a story that came out that he actually got in a fight with some frat boys, and like dusted for them at a party. I, I, I would never go up against Gronk. Yeah, bad idea, but, boys. You know. So anyway, you, sorry. Go ahead. No, I say he had some injuries that obviously led to some some string of bad injuries that led to it, but. Um, you know, he's had a fantastic career. He's won his Super Bowls. The, the, everyone uh, that's mentioned him is considered him a Hall of Famer. I think he's a, and I would, that's his a good, stats don't lie. I'll, I'll segue off that with this. 
115 games played, 521 receiving yards, sorry, 521 receptions, 7,861 receiving yards, 79 touchdowns. Okay, so if we were to compare that, like who would you say is, is the best tight Besides Gronkowski, who would you say is the best tight end in the game? Uh, current or like of all time? Of all time. Like I mean, Tony Gonzalez, Gonzalez or Antonio Gates? Uh, Antonio Gates is up there as well. So let me give Jason you, Witten. Let me give you Antonio Gates' numbers. Because I got those numbers as well. So Antonio Gates actually played 236 games. Remember, Gronk played 115. Antonio Gates had 955 receptions, 11,841 yards, and 116 TDs. Okay, But he also played 236 games compared to Rob Gronkowski's 115. So if you just look at what Rob Gronkowski did in a much shorter career, it's significant. And you can also tally up that Rob Gronkowski has three Super Bowls. I don't think Antonio Gates has one. Hall of Famer, no doubt. Right. Rob Gronkowski retires at 29 years of age. I'm also going to give that a shout out because I think it takes real guts for someone to call it quits on something they love and something they do and recognize that, you know, I've done a lot in this league. I've had some injuries, but I've had some success. It's time to step away. Focus on your long-term health because clearly you've, you've done it all in the NFL. So shout out to Rob Gronkowski. That rounds out our top three stars of the week. Just to find, or just to um, communicate those again. Edwards from Purdue with the 42 points. Alejandro Pozuelo for TFC. And our boy Rob Gronkowski. Three stars of the week. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. We did it, we did it, it, it again. Really well. This is like clockwork now. We're punching in, we're punching out. Punching in, punching out. Sorry for the lateness today. Um, you can blame our buddy Jordo for that over here. Um, but it's all good. I had some technical issues this morning. Technical issues. London bar play. Disrupting the podcast. The fans are going to be a bit disappointed. No, they won't. They're going to hear this tomorrow. This will be out shortly. They're going to hear this podcast. In terms of our podcast and when you can expect it to come out, I mean... I think we've released them over, uh, you know, Sundays have been when we've released them. I think we can tell our audience probably Mondays. Mondays will probably be the, the best release date. Um, so you can start expecting the podcast to be released on Mondays. All right. Um, we'll review everything that's happened throughout the week. We're going to add things throughout the week. Okay, this week we added the three stars. All right. Um, so stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. If you want to listen to us, check us out on Anchor. It's an app you can download it right on your phone. Right, you can subscribe on Anchor. We're also on Spotify. We're also on Google Podcasts, and guess what? We're also on Apple Podcasts, and you can you can subscribe on there as well. Right, we're we're diversifying. We're getting out there. It's a good thing. All right. Thanks for joining us here on Purpose of the Offside. Jordan, anything you want to say before we go? Um, no, just, like I said, we're almost in April. Yeah. The conversations are only going to get better. As only going to get April. better. Because this is the best sports time Playoffs, of the year. Playoffs with the Masters yeah. coming up. Yeah. TFC's rolling. It's the best sports time of the year. And we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg. Thanks for joining Stay us. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.